The Home Show. With Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk. Welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan, on the show this morning. Gingham style is back and we're seeing more and more checkered patterns. Gary Cohen will be joining me to chat about the resurgence of this cottagecore stalwart. Setting the right tone with the perfect lampshade or light bulb, I'll be speaking with Sarah O'Dea of Shady and the Lamp. And how to create your very own holistic garden in your living room. Vino Nulon, the holistic gardener, has advice on helping our ferns and cacti through the winter months. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here at The Home Show at 53106 for 30 cent. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you'll find me over on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. Now, morning, everybody. I hope you're all adjusting to the new term, whether it's school or work or just January. I was asking last week on our very first show of the year about New Year's resolutions you've made. I was hoping for some positive ones that don't require too much effort on my part. And it seems like most people are doing what I think I have to do, which is getting out more, trying to make a habit of all those walks we've been doing during COVID lockdown. My colleague over on breakfast, Kira Kelly, is doing fantastic things with her 100 days of walking. And I'm enjoying that too. Uh, and I wonder if that isn't actually the trick. Limit the New Year saintliness to a specific period, like 100 days, and look forward to a treat just as spring is sprung. Now, if it includes sprucing up your home, redecorating or giving it a good spring clean, well, The Home Show is here to help. So let me know today what home project is first on your list. And over the next few weeks, we'll provide the inspiration, tips and experts that you need. So 53106, the home show or Sinead underscore Ryan on Twitter. And you are very welcome along this morning. The Home Show on News Talk with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. Now it looks as if the colder temperatures we expect from a proper Irish winter have finally arrived and haven't they just with a blast? Well, with that, we'll probably be putting on the heat a bit more. And of course, that may not be the best environment uh, to keep your indoor green shoots and leaves happy and healthy. So how do we look after our indoor plants at this time of the year and use them to create a cosy and holistic indoor retreat? Well, Fiona Nulon, our holistic gardener, joins me back on The Home Show. Happy New Year, Fiona. Happy New Year, Sinead. It's nice to, to see you again. Now, this is all about new beginnings mm-hmm. and doing new things or maybe things in a different way. And we all have, I suppose, for want of a better word, pot plants inside. But actually... I, it's not that I want to start with the whole gardening, how to look mm-hmm. after them and all that, but it's about maybe reimagining um, an indoor sanctuary using foliage. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I love a reading corner, which okay. I have in my house, because okay. I just love sitting in a cosy place and reading a book under a lamp. Yeah. And I wonder, is it possible to recreate something like that? using foliage. Yes, and, and this is the really, really interesting thing because you know, houseplants became houseplants as in they were domesticated initially to create a decor. So they were brought in, I mean, we're going back to the Victorian era here now, that houseplants would have been brought in as some sort of aesthetic sensibility to make the parlour look nicer or whatever. And what has changed over time is that houseplants are no, lo- no longer kind of aesthetic props to, to, to dress a kitchen table or a, a bathroom mm. windowsill or whatever, that people are actually looking to create kind of an ecosystem within the home. And what's really, really interesting about that is, is that, okay, 
anything that we do to decorate the home is about making the home look good, but it's about making us feel good within the home. And house plants have a unique way of doing that. So like your 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 yellow sofa or your gilded mirror or whatever that gives you tremendous pleasure every time you walk into the room. Well, what trumps that is the really pleasant houseplants because mm. it's alive. It's a life force and the room kind of zings with that. But what that does is it taps into our deep, deeper psychology that we have with plants because humans evolved using plants, mm. everything from food to shelter to, clo- to clothing. So our, our entire you know evolutionary history, I mean, we're looking at evolutionary biology here mm. in that when you see green, that green in the distance meant that there was water or food or whatever. So we have a right. relaxation response. Right. Uh, systolic blood pressure lowers. The cortisol and other stress molecules that are in our system melt away and positive endorphins and happy molecules replace it. Mm. So for you creating your reading room or somebody trying to create, you know, a, a, a more lush green environment some, somewhere, whether that be within the bedroom or the sitting room or bathroom or whatever, that's about when you get into the bath, that it's not just the candles around the bath, it's the living plants that are there. Oh, so you're absolutely oasis. right. Yeah. It is that. And when I when I think of that, I am thinking of ferns and mm. yuccas and that lush, that dark green foliage yeah. rather than pansies or, yeah. you know, clematis or it's that it's that greenery really and I think that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about because you know you don't have to go out and hug a tree you don't have to go out and do the shirin yoga the forest bathing you can bring the forest indoors so you're getting all of the psychological and physical benefits because these green plants you know they come from ecosystems where what they are evolved to do is to filter toxins out of the air Mm. so they're doing that in the home so you know within the home where you have different fabrics that may be off gas and formaldehyde and xylene zulene you'll have cleaning products with ammonia those plants are taking them out of the air so your breathable atmosphere is greatly improved and if you've freshly painted or decorated the home that's off gassing more materials that these house plants will remove and take away now, if you're going to become a plant parent mm-hmm. and and get plants in, I, and I know there are listeners out there, and I have to say, I used to be one of them that says anything I pot is going to die on me. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not going to work. And and I wonder, is there? I know there's not one solution fits all, but I do know that overwatering or maybe being too um over. And I see when it's in the garden, you forget about yeah. it. But when it's inside, you oh, I must give it a bit of water, give it yeah. a bit more water, throw in a bit of tomato feed or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder whether the best thing is leaving well enough alone and dusting the plants. <laughs> yeah, well. To dust your plants. So the secret to success is there are two ecospheres that we um, take plants from that mimic the indoor environment. So bright windowsills and conservatories and very bright rooms. Mm. Most of those plants will come from Mexico and desert type regions. And they are really, really happy in the windowsill or the conservatory because in their natural environment, it's hot, it's bright all day and then at night it's very cold. Now, how can we inject a little bit of colour uh, indoors now that will stay I've grown orchids mm-hmm. reasonably successful they're very precious they are yeah, <laughs> they're they very are. pernickety yeah. um, and, and kind of the calla lilies yeah. you know that are potted and I, I adore that kind of because and, and the scent you get sometimes can be lovely as yeah. well so what are the best type of ways of injecting a little bit of colour in these winter months inside well in these winter months even stuff like philodendron like there's ah, purple leaved yeah. philodendrons your golden photos you can get different types of 
foliage plants that are there that have a variegation bred into them, mm-hmm. maybe in a spore that happened in nature or maybe in specifically bred in, which are calla lilies and your your um, peace lilies and that sort of stuff. Mm. Sometimes they're kind of bought up as like the way you'd buy a garden annual. They're there for a season and they're not going to last too long. Cyclamens and stuff like that as mm-hmm. well you can bring in. Um, but then there's also that kind of opportunity where you will have different shades of green and even that in itself is kind of Creates it's, a little it's bit of interest. Yeah. There's a huge market and I was watching it. I think it kind of exploded during lockdown when mm-hmm. people were doing more and trying to kind of outbeat each other on plants and baking and all that. Yeah. Uh, of, of a variegated um, foliage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were selling like for hundreds of euros. These yeah. these kind of tiger striped kind of white and green and I was it took off like I don't know like Bitcoin or something yeah. at one stage. Yeah. yeah, and was it just people just trying to be I I could do better than you like? Yeah, <laughs> I, I could think bring so. In more color. I think because even like that the alocasias that have that kind of zebra pattern yeah. in the stem that's so attractive, but they're a tough plant to keep. So often what happens with these kind of crazes is... It's like the designer is, dog. You know, yeah. only two of you can afford it. <laughs> it's grand for one generation. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing is that you get different trends within houses. But there are still the staples there that can form the backbone. And then it doesn't matter if your cyclamen is only lasting, you know, it's only giving you that flush of pink okay. for a little season. Okay. You can replace it out then with a yellow calla lily later in the year yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you haven't killed it. It's just its season is over. Its season it's is time over. time has been and gone. And the cyclamen can be planted in the front garden and it'll come back as a perennial year after year. Yeah, so that's the thing now then, Finn. So in terms of repotting, mm-hmm. when is the right time to do that? I mean, it's freezing now. Yeah. So we're not going to be putting anything outside that will grow beautifully in a little warm corner of your kitchen. Yeah, but it's in its dormant phase now. So it's okay to go up another inch in the pot yeah. if it needs. But lots of these houseplants like to be root bound and they do much, including your yuccas and that, mm, mm. they prefer to be in a kind of a tight pot okay. for a long season. Ah, okay. So you're looking at every three to four years before you would kind of pot on. You're not doing it, you know, every season or, or so right. forth. And at this time as well, winter time, plants need less water. So, you know, it, very often the common complaints that you get on a plant, if a plant is, t- the leaf is turning yellow, mm. that's either too much water or not enough water. And you need to do the kind of finger dip test mm, in the compost mm, to see which mm. it is. If it's getting a powdery mildew on it, that means it's too dry. If it's getting a botrytis or a grey mould, which is the sort of stuff you get in your strawberries or your grapes, mm, the real fluffy yes. stuff, that means it's too damp. So the, the conditions that cause a plant to get sickly pretty much are the cultural conditions. Even aphids, when they come in, they will come into a plant that is yellowing off because they they can they know that they're going to be able to sink their teeth Sense in the and get the sap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like if we, if we keep the plant in the right light and give it the right amount of moisture, then it's happy. Now, at this time of the year, the complication with the heating going up is that, well, the heating changes, the humidity in the air. Yeah. So those plants that aren't in the windowsill, the non-cacti, the non-dry plants, those that like the shade, they will take a misting to improve the, the oh, microclimate okay. around them. And that's, that's you know, apart from watering, the regular misting is great. Okay, so replicate their home. Yeah. <laughs> replicate where they came from. And don't we all want a bit of that, folks, um, to try and, and feel comfortable. Now, Fionn, where can people find out more about you and all that you do? With the holisticgardener.com is probably the best way to, right. to, to find me. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. delighted to have you back on the show. And Happy New Year. And I Thank hope you. 2022 is as successful 
uh, as last year thank was. Thank you, Nulon, the holistic gardener. Thank you so much for coming back on The Home Show. Now still to come, Sarah D of Shady and the Lamp will be in talking about bulbs and shades and all of that. And Roisin Murphy will be on to chat about solar panel and off-grid energy supplies. Join us back on The Home Show here on News Talk after this. And you're very welcome back to The Home Show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan. Now, before the break, I was chatting with Fino Nulon, the holistic gardener, and I must say he gave us some great tips on maintaining those house plants. You can listen back to that, if you wish, on the News Talk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, while technically the days are only getting longer and brighter, facing into January and February can feel very much the opposite. So can we make better use of light we have in our homes by switching a lampshade or two and a bulb here and there? Well, Sarah D, founder and lead designer at Shady and the Lamp, joins me now. Happy New Year, Sarah. You're very welcome along to the Home Show. Happy New Year, Sinead. Thank you for having me. Now, let me start with the name, uh, Sarah. Where did Shady and the Lamp come from? <laughs> the name the name was brainstormed um, with my sister over um, a long evening and maybe one bottle of wine. <laughs> you, well, I'm glad you didn't have a second. It's perfect name, actually. And I do know your shop. I'm familiar with it. It's a lovely shop front, if I may say Thank so. Thank you. Thank um, you. You're in, in Ternure there. And um, give us a little bit about the ethos behind the business. Who are your customers? You're not just a regular old lighting shop. <laughs> we wouldn't be, I suppose. So we decided to focus kind of more on bespoke, on bespoke making. Fabric-based lighting essentially is 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 what we offer. But we decided that there's an awful lot of run-of-the-mill out there when it comes to to lighting. It's such a saturated world. Um, but interestingly, it can be quite difficult to get something that you really like or something quite specific. So. Mm. We decided really that we, we just wanted to offer more choice um, and a better quality, uh, a better quality of design, but a better quality of service as well. Mm. Everyone works hard for their for their living, for their wages. So it's nice to be able to, to just spend it on something that that you really, really enjoy or that means a lot to you, you know, or that solves a problem, I suppose. Indeed. Now, you've been involved in design a long time yourself. You have a background in interior styling, but what made you gravitate towards the very specific area of lampshades? <laughs> I know if you'd have said to me years ago, this is where I would have pivoted. I would have, um, I'd have laughed. It's it, actually it was pretty much for that reason. I had a number of customers, um, and again, we we while while lighting is it's everywhere. You can buy a lampshade everywhere. There was nothing beautiful. The color was wrong. The size was wrong. There was just constant compromises that our customers seem to always have to make. So, I initially did one course thinking this will be a you know a good an extra service to offer with my styling to be able to make kind of basic let's say hardback lampshades. But I ended up loving it so much that um, I went back and completed two more courses and then actually went undertook a short apprenticeship as well. So it it was it was the love of it I think that that propelled me. But but luckily there's. There's been a nice uptake from from our customers. You know, we're we're still in business because mm. of our customers. And um, it strikes me that lampshade making may be a little bit like millinery. You know, um, you're you're kind of yeah. dressing the hat yeah. on the lamp yeah. on the lampstand, and and maybe it's part of that. And I know that some of your lamps you have these quite quite traditional. Um, yeah 
hats, I suppose, is what you'd call them, or hat with little tassels on them. And uh, there's still a, a big market for those, aren't there? Still a big market. The, the great thing about lampshades is that, and you're right, those are those shades, those shapes rather, are called traditional shapes. So they were the first shapes that were originally made before before PVC and fire retardancy kind of came along. They were the first lampshades that would have been made. So they're all entirely hand stitched. So they were made to last. But the great thing is that you can take a traditional shape and you can apply very modern fabric, modern print, a modern colour or a modern fringe. And it really elevates the design and, and brings it forward for you, you know. Mm. Now, let's talk bulbs. Um, yeah. <clears throat> because I know a little experiment I did, I changed a bright white bulb in mm-hmm. in a big overhanging kind of lamp to an orange glow bulb, which I absolutely adore. It's completely yeah. and utterly changed the whole corner of mm-hmm. the room just by buying that bulb. Um, so and they're available in all kinds of colours now, but it's easy, I suppose, to go a little wrong with them as well. So so chat to me a little bit about that. It is. So I, I guess it, it's the move really to LED and, and LED bulbs are the only bulbs that we should all be using now going forward mm-hmm. in everything. Um, not only because of the their technology, how advanced the technology is now, but because of how cost effective they are, how eco-efficient they are. LEDs kind of got a bit of a bad name in the beginning and I understand why. It took them a very long time to be able to mimic or copy that lovely, as, as you've described, that kind of orange glow, let's say from a candle that was the hardest it was very easy for them to go in with very bright Mm. white lights let's say for cars lots of task lighting but when it came to the home creating ambience so it took a long time but they got there and they've cracked it now completely and you are right so it's it's all about lumens now they will still the mats is a little convoluted um, I think they realise that themselves, the manufacturers. So they will always have your your old wattage on the box. So that's always going to give you a good guide. But when it comes to lumens, a, a really good way to kind of think of it is two hundred, approximately two hundred and fifty lumens is candlelight, and approximately one thousand lumens is daylight. And then you have everything else that's falling oh, in between. Okay. So, so what should we be aiming for then? So we should be looking at the different strengths depending on what we want to evoke in a particular exactly. corner. Ah, exactly. Okay. So you're always thinking, you're always thinking how much we will always need task light in our home, mm-hmm. but it'll be only really needed in specific spaces, kitchen islands, bathrooms, things like this. Mm-hmm. So you might even even with that one uh, 100 watt or a thousand lumens, it's too much. It's much too high really for the home. So if you wanted, let's say, cr- to create ambience where you have your your floor lamps and your table lamps. So maybe you're not reading by them, but you are trying to create nice coziness in the space. You'd be looking in and around 200 to 400 lumens. And what we would always say is on all, almost all of the boxes, you will find warm white or white written on it. Mm-hmm. And that refers to the tone of the bulb. And that's very important for your home. You want a, a, a warm white light as opposed to a white light. Okay. You might want a white light in your bathroom, might give you a bit more, um, a bit more light. Or might well, I'm not sure we want that. <laughs> not in January above the mirror, that's for sure. We go with, we go with the 25 window. lumens there, I think. Exactly. <laughs> All right. OK, exactly. so that's that's a really good tip, actually. And, and it's marrying that with the correct lampshade, then I think is probably wh- where the, the sweet spot is. So what is on trend now coming into 2022? What are people looking for? What are your customers, uh, Sarah, looking for when it comes to lampshades? We've noticed actually definitely towards the, the last quarter of last year and heading into heading into a fresh new year, 
print actually quite quite bold bright maximalism seems to be on its way um it might be a little early to tell because it's been a difficult year to gauge trend wise mm -hmm. anyway but it's certainly where um our customers are heading at the moment a lot of our commissions were surrounded actually by very bright printed heavily embroidered fabrics actually coming in from france at the moment they're really taking off you will always there will always be an appetite for silk i think but just because of that refined luster and you can get a great emission of light through silk um and we've started working a lot actually with irish tweed and linen and again texture um nice open weave so you can allow an, and again a nice emission of light what you'd always what we would always ask our customers is where what is the purpose of of this light source is it for something functional is it to create ambience or is it for warmth and on all of those matter when it comes to the bulb that you choose but also the fabric that you cover your lampshade with okay and in terms of those deep jewel colors how how is that best dealt with say in in lampshades sure sure so it's nice to offset those deeper colors with warmer tones so you will always have the warm side of the spectrum, be it pinks and golds, reds, yellows, which look beautiful with those deeper, darker colours. It would be difficult. You can, you can layer a space, certainly, let's say, keep going with navies, and that will look fantastic. Making a space look good is actually quite easy, but it might not feel very warm for mm. you when you're mm. actually living there. So it's always, we would always say, Colour works best when you're mixing warm and cold. Okay. You need that balance. How interesting. All right. Well, listen, Sarah, uh, Sarah D, founder and lead designer at Shady and the Lamp. Ongoing success for 2022. Uh, and I, I'm sure you're glad now your doors are back open and hopefully oh, they'll stay yeah. open. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with lots of light solutions and, and those fabulous um, lampshades that we see. And thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Home Show. Thank you so much, Sinead. Much appreciated. The Home Show on News Talk with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. No. That is my favourite musical of all time. I couldn't help playing it. Uh, now, what interior look? does that recreate for you? Well, from floors to walls to bedding and bath towels, gingham and checkered patterns have made a real comeback in popularity recently, touching every surface uh, of our homes. But what's driving the trend and is it here to stay? Well, friend of the home show, Gary Cohn of Cohn Designs is welcome back to the studio, hello, Gary. Shanae, hello, Shanae. Nice to see How you. Happy New you? Year. Good morning. Good yes. morning. Yes, you're and right. You've, look, I'm looking at your checkered trousers. You are, you saw the brief. <laughs> you look fantastic. Magnificent. Um, so this whole thing, check gingham, all that evokes in me is a riot of colour and pattern that you have to be super careful with. Now, you brought in some examples of what all of the, oh gosh, plaid... There's all types of neck, Checker, checkers, yes, yes, checkers, yes. buffalo they, check. We could split hairs. And look who's yeah. talking, splitting okay. hairs. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so where did this emanate from and, and why is it back again? Or okay. has it always been here? It's always been here. But let's just go through, uh, let's just explain to you. The one that's the most popular right now is gingham. Mm. Okay. Now, gingham is what you would notice is when you see those uh, tablecloths. Yes. Or yeah. um, gram country grandma's kitchens. country kitchen. Yeah. And you usually... Those or, or, or Dorothy. 
Or Dorothy, you got it. Wizard you got it. You she, got she would look good in anything else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's what that's what that is. Okay. That that's that pattern. That's cool. And they're squares. So it's a dark. So let's use a, a Dorothy. It's a dark blue. It's a light blue, and it's a white mm. repeating itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where that's coming from is, it's a bit of we've been locked up for about two years. Uh-huh. Okay, and it's kind of depressing. So our natural human instinct is to go to a time when things were much better, okay? Now, we're talking a Disney-esque time, okay? Nostalgia is to blame. Nostalgia, okay? So it's the Disney version of Granny that you are longing for. It's this version of, oh, do you know... I just want to be, you know, with, you know, I open the window, the pies on the on the windowsill, yeah. this. And then what would she have on her table? The gingham tablecloth, yeah. the gingham napkins, something like it's that. It's the Brady Bunch. It's the little house in the prairie. Right, it's right. that that comfort. Oh, yeah. And look, you're smiling. Uh, you see, like, <laughs> that's exactly what it evokes. Okay. And so what's happened is it's become very popular because you cannot... Wear that, put it in some place without having a smile on your face. And right. it's really evoking that really good feeling for it. Okay. So so that revival actually makes a whole heap of sense then because we are looking for comfort and, yes, and yes. not just in the texture of the fabrics. Because mm-hmm. the last time you were on, we were talking about fur yes, and about that yes. kind of surrounding yourself with those hugs, as you call yeah, them, yeah, those yeah, interior yes, hugs. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so you reckon this does that? Because actually when you look at this, checkerboard patterns they're quite harsh well the one I gave you so what look I have this right here for you so we're going to pair that with today so here is a beautiful this is more of a pink this is more like it so this is a this is a kind of a a pink mauve uh, very very plain uh, gingham pattern that you'd see on an apron or a you know um, maybe sometimes maybe on a chair yeah, you know yeah, that kind yes, of yes. Laura Ashley type of look of you, things you're, you're yeah? right on is target okay. now let's let's just gonna throw some samples on, okay. the, on your, your, your desk right, over let's here let's have a look and here's sort of a, a collage of what that room could look like okay you get the some more colors coming in ah, and look at that look okay. and you pair it with uh, so you're matching slurry. this with with pla- the plain versions of these and a, and a kind of a mood board here which includes plenty of green so this yes. pink and green I love this combination look at your face you're just like said. oh I my god now I can imagine and it, yeah. what do you feel <laughs> tell me what you feel. you're a psychiatrist so, what do you feel <laughs> <laughs> so well what I'm feeling is that that has warmed up it has made the gingham not the centerpiece but it's echoing all the other stuff. So yes. in fact, it's not; it's no longer too much. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so what Sinead is seeing is she's seeing the tar- uh, the gingham. There's this floor pattern with these hummingbirds. There's another more, um, more leaves, ferns, leaves, leaves, greens, all that kind of thing, which which means that you get that homeliness. Yes, yes. But it's not kind of kicking you in the yes. face. And it's updated because look at how Granny wouldn't have this. No. But you would. Okay. Right. And okay. you would love this. So it's it's a combination of all these different pieces okay. coming in. Brilliant. Okay. That makes a whole heap of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. I was reading recently um, when I was looking at pieces on this revival and how this whole gingham and checker has come back um, that it was described as nostalgic, classic and disruptive. Disruptive. So... Is it is the disruption really about just pe- giving people a little bit of a shock? So it's not so much about, oh, harking back to granny. It's like, wow, you gingham? Seriously? Really? In this day and Yes, age? yes, yes. So here, here I'm going to throw another um, samples on your desk. There's okay. another version. Now look at this. Isn't so this, this is fun? a larger check now. And Oh, my goodness. You've put... <laughs> 
You've put with it. So this is a pink, pink and white check, folks. And with it, Gary has paired a deep velvet pink, which is absolutely gorgeous, and a linen green with elephants on it. And more birds. I, I know this is hard this to is imagine. A lot, this, this is, is a, a big clash, Gary. But look at look at how it's working. Okay, you're layering and layering and layering. I feel like I'm in. We had Finn and Ulan on um, at the top of the show, and I just feel like I'm in like um, a holistic green forest. Really. Yes, yes, ex- that's exactly what it's like. So you've both evoked that in me today. So there's lots of ways. So I think what you're saying is the gingham on its own isn't the issue. It's really about keeping that maybe as a feature mm-hmm. and and working around it with a lot of more comforting absolutely warm warm fabrics. And if you want to see something that I did where I combined all these, if mm-hmm. you go to the Clifford Lions yes. and look at there is their, one of their rooms. You see oh, how right, it's okay. all coming together. So it's there, but it's not only there. That's yep. not all we have. Okay, that's fantastic. Okay, now I totally get that now and that actually looks absolutely beautiful. I'm going to take a picture of that now, Gary, okay. so that we can pop it up on our Insta and I'll take a picture of you with it. <laughs> <laughs> and we can we can pop that up and people will see exactly what I'm looking at. I'll put that up on my Insta, Sinead Ryan 100, but I'll also put it up on Twitter um, and, and people can have a look at that. Now, is this going to stay or is it a fad? It's. I'm not going to say it's a fad. I'm not going to say it's going to stay. It's a transition. Okay. Oh, so as we all re-emerge, blinking into the sunlight. No, no, no. But it, to be very straightforward is the pandemic is is um, is receding, okay? As things go on, we've been locked up. We're going to go to the other side. We are going to go to crazy colors and bold by the year 2030. So because you're going to want to, I want to party like I've never partied before. I want to do this. but So this is transition. Now, it's not going to go away because we always will have, want to have this because you can, you know, there's so much partying you can do. <laughs> but you also want to have that comfort. So we're in a new era where, um, I'll use it for example. There was a time when women's skirts were at a specific length and today you could wear them anywhere you want and it's not... I see what you mean. So it's not going to disappear, but there'll be an echo of it maybe into the future constantly. Constantly, because okay. now everything goes. It's not one specific thing. We're in an exciting time. Everything goes. And you can go back a few years and re-bring it and bring it forward and reinvent it. You don't have to wait 20 years for it to come back. So we're really exciting times. Gary Cohn of Cohn Design, thank you again for joining us on The Home Show to talk all things Czech. And if you enjoyed listening to that, well then stay with us. Roisin Murphy will be up next and we'll be chatting about the 55 million euro Dublin City Streetlight Upgrade. So put your feet up, join me back in The Home Show here on News Talk in a few. And if you're just joining us now, I was talking to Finn O'Neillon. He's the holistic indoor gardener. And uh, we had a lovely, lovely chat about keeping your indoor uh, special space for your garden. And you can listen back to that uh, on the News Talk app, which is powered by Go Loud. But it is, of course, a new year, a new us. And we are welcoming back uh, for the second <laughs> time this year our breath of fresh air, Roisin oh, Murphy. <laughs> An ill will to studio. You're very welcome. Thank Lovely you very to see you again. Um, and how is your first week of the new year going, Roisin? It is going fantastic. I have to say, um, I just feel 20, 2021 here. Hello. It was like I just, the worst year. I'd say it's the worst year I've ever had. So 2022, slightly <laughs> better. We're hoping right. slightly better. Um, so fingers crossed and we're very optimistic. Half glass full and let's go for it. Let's go for it yeah. indeed. Well, I'm starting off uh, this show uh, by being a little bit cross about something. Uh, so what's news as you? <laughs> 
Little bit cross. 2022. And do you know what? I know that we are all trying to, uh, you know, be be better at things and conserve energy and not do so much and, you know, spend so much on lighting and heating and all that. I'm very cross by this plan that Dublin City Council are bringing in. Right. To change all of the street lights from 55 million quid. I thought you'd like this. From that gorgeous, lovely city orange glow. Okay, I to thought you... what? Well, Tell okay. us what's happening. All right, I, th- I was sure you'd like this. Now, I have to say... I'm Don't a... like change, Roshi, now you know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is economically a good idea. If oh, the co- no, no, it it's might an be. Initi- it is, we, first of all, we have to do for climate change. End yeah, of story. Yeah, yeah, There's okay. no argument here, folks. They did it. The only thing that's really... I find this very interesting is the idea that an orange glow is ever good because I just find the whole thing it reminds me of nuclear fallout but I do think that the history of street lamps is sort of interesting and when you're looking at the history of how they move and evolve you t- they started in 1660 with the Candlelight Act there was mm. some things where every fifth house had to have a candle in its window alright and I was like oh I like that right? and then it went on to when they introduced these street lamps and the gas lamps and the electric lamps and we, we have those very distinctive sham rock cast iron street standards Gorgeous. that are pr- particularly prevalent apparently in mines where they reckon they originated from because obviously when those uh, the, those boroughs were developed they started with their street lamps they were going in with the best of everything we and have you can illuminated. see them still like yeah. on Grattan Bridge and places you know where well, they've kept them there well the ones on Grattan Bridge you're exactly right and when you see this you will never be un- able to unsee it and it's not a bad thing okay folks this is actually a really nice thing okay you know, they, they, they can't if she's priming me that much a campion <laughs> no, it's so beautiful I do love it. When they originally had street furniture and street lights integrated into buildings. Okay, so if you think about it, it went from everybody, the fifth house had to have a candle in the window, then to boroughs saying we're going to put street lights. But before that, people had in their, like you'll see it in City Hall, they had um, fences, big stone pillars, cast iron things, and then the light was held in an orb on the fence. And you, oh, and that's gorgeous. It yeah. is gorgeous, right? Because I actually, we were doing a proposal for a hairdress in San Lon ages ago and I was thinking, okay, we could incorporate the light into the old cast iron um, gates and stuff. And there is something incredibly attractive about house lights. And we all know it's now, we're putting them all away, but there's the little part of all of us, I defy you, Sinead, to tell me that you're putting those yeah, lights away no, and you're, you're not thinking. you're quite right. Yeah. I, you, I love the uh, the whole notion, especially in these dark months, yeah. of any bit of glitz and glimmer, gl- glitz glamour and, that you yeah. have. And even people who keep up the tiny little white fairy lights, yeah. I don't hate them. Okay. I don't hate them. Right, I'm so, okay with that. Yeah. Well, so, so am what's I. Happening so here what's happening here, right, basically, is in the evolution of lighting. And there is there is a whole string of lights you can see in Merrion uh, Square. They've kept an example of each period. They're changing them basically into halogen low voltage light. Now, listen, hear me out on this one. This saves the environment, but also there is an argument that will allow for us more design, more ambient lighting. You, you know, if you go to a car park and you walk underneath the light, the light pops up. Yes. Like there's that thing where energy conservation can happen. You can program them. You could, you could change the color of them. And the orange glow for me. Like, okay, we have a gas lights apparently still in the Phoenix Park. There are, and, and the, we still gas lights, modern gas lights mm. in Smithfield, which is one of the most environmentally terrible things. But there is a moment where where these things occur. It's the colour, I think, that I love the most. You though. like the orange I glow? Do. Well, I do. It reminds me of Wee Wee. Honestly, I'm not joking. It looks like orange and sickness and COVID. <laughs> 
I just go, and I'm really, and I'm Berlin now. Apparently, they're not going to be able to unthink that. No, I know, and I can't unthink it because I don't know what it is. I know in Berlin they had a, they actually had a street protest about this, and people encircled the street lights because so much of their history is gone. Mm. But for me, it's about integrating into the old standard lamps, different types of lamps. We should be able to get smaller types of bulbs. So there's a big opportunity here for for a new a new lamp to be designed and made in Ireland. Now you see, there's always an, an agenda with me. I'm thinking, you want okay. To design it. <laughs> no, if you look at the modern lights, okay, they had to hold these big, huge. You notice they, 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 the size of the lamp and the filament they had to hold. Sorry, changed as well with the design of the lamp. So if we could get, because we haven't made our own lights in ages. Let's be honest about this. There were the cast iron in Dublin. Then we had a, a place in 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 Chicor that was making standard lamps. It would be great to make this a competition for young industrial designers and product designers in Ireland to be allowed to produce a new light. That's me. That's so. So yes, but let's make it a design competition. Okay. Well, look, it seems to be a theme on the show now because yeah. we were talking earlier to Sarah O'D um, of Shady and the Lamp and she, we were talking about bulbs mm. and colours and how they can change yeah. the mood and yes. reflection. I just love that in that cityscape. Yeah. But, but it's not for the first glow. time I'm behind the yeah. curve. So let, let us know what you think about that lighting plan for Dublin. Now, another thing, of course, yes. Roisin, where... It, which is a good idea and, mm. and everybody's I think is probably behind this uh, is the whole idea of where possible installing um, solar panels and trying to get our heating and energy yeah. bills down goodness knows they're high enough at the moment uh, to do that and I know I'm seeing even my own mm-hmm. neighbourhood so many more roofs now are peppered with yeah. solar panels yeah. and it's fantastic it to see fantastic. Uh, and we touch on it every now and then on the show and and I thought that we would just ask you a little bit about yeah. you know where that's at now because the government in the last no. the budget just gone mm. have announced that uh, people can start selling back excess mm. electricity to the grid yeah. which sounds like a great idea mm. though I think the details have to be ironed out as they always do mm. There, there's an architectural thing to this and a cost thing to this. Yeah. Isn't there? So wh- where do you stand on, oh, on the whole well, area? Okay, right. I have spent two years investigating this and trying to figure if there is a way where I can do this. Okay, so I live in an average house, average aspect, east-west, slightly shaded by an extension next door, not too badly. You'd get coverage for the year with the light going around and it would cost about 10 grand to install the lights with the three grand uh, grant and all that. Yeah. Right. But on the other hand, I also, I, I, I run a class, a watercolour class, believe it or not. And in it, there's a French woman. And the French woman goes, well, we get phone calls every day, you know, Roisin, to ask us, can they, for one penny, they will install, install solar panels on their roofs. And I was like, what? You, I'm moving to France. So they, because they're selling back to the grid, they have much more intense mm. light. They're obviously making a lot more light. Mm. So it's far more economical for a solar panel company to say, we'll put panels on your house, take the electricity, whatever the deal is. Yeah. And she was saying, but one apparently one person was charged 2800 And I was like going, I mean, the cost of installation is too high. So that's it. Yes. And the payback is very long yeah. then, isn't so it? So you're doing it really for the environment, okay? Now, that hats off, I'm going to do it because I think there's a 10-year payback for me. I'll be old, but I haven't got a pension plan, so it's not going to be a bad thing for me. And I, I just think in terms of principle to, tr- to try for all of us to get our CO2 emissions down. Unfortunately... Yeah. This is not being delivered, I think, effectively enough for your average earner. And if you're, there is incentives, you can nearly get it very free if you're in the other end. But, what's but the, the middle ground now? is expensive well, to well, get. Well, let's the, talk to get, about then the new yeah. houses that are being built because they all have to be very high rated. Yeah, you have to have a, right? at least C3 to get uh, a grant for this. So, okay. You know. If, if the state yeah. 
or an, uh, or mm. contractor developers are building yeah. brand new houses, A and B rated, which they have to be yeah. now. Um, is there now a requirement? Because all the new developments I've seen have solar panels nearly, yeah. you know, de rigueur. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, to and, comply and with part. Yeah. Is but that a good idea? It is a really good idea. But the problem is it's the middle ground. We have to get some huge quantity of houses upgraded. Yes up yes. to a, a higher rating and that's the deep retrofit and all that sort of stuff. But the grants are very, very generous. They're not really, Sinead. Well, it pays for about a third of the work. No, I don't think it does. No, well, the SEAI grant pays for a, it's around not a third. A third though. It's not a third. I'm looking at it. It's not a third in my book. It's 10 grand for me to pay, three grand for the grant. Do you have to do... Sorry, and doesn't being make very, sense. very basic about it. And I got three quotes on this. So, yeah. And I've been doing it over the year. But for me, my issue is... And I, first of all, I don't really care about the money. I actually you, would do you it. You want to do it. I would love to do it. it. But I do want... It did make me very curious about exactly how much electricity I'm going to get. And my problem is I get enough electricity, but you don't get... You're not still getting off the grid. Mm. Okay. Mm. And then you're going... We then thought... I thought, okay, I'll install a wood stove, wood fire burning stove and yeah. all of that. But the problem with the wood stove... Okay, everything else is getting banned in 22. We're only going to be allowed to have eco stoves mm. uh, in the house, especially mm. in urban areas. You know, they're still not the correct answer because of emissions from them, from carbon still. Yeah. So yeah. there's a whole other thing. So the only And isn't answer- there a piece about if yeah. you are going to go down the solar panel route? Mm. Yeah. Because it's not just about that. There's no point in having all this Technology, electricity and, yeah. and, and thing developed if you don't have proper insulation in your house. Well, doesn't it have to go together well, really? I, I doesn't have to go together. Because they, you you will not, and this is really what I came down to the end of it, at the end of all this investment, you can't heat your home from solar panels in Ireland. You can definitely fire Contribute it up. Contribute to can, it. No, you yeah. can give the electrics, you can do your electrics or your hot water. But that thing of actually heating our homes, and we've damp homes, but there is technology out there in terms of uh, what they're doing, say, in Austria and other countries where you insulate and you, whatever heat you have, you keep in. Okay, so that's where mm. all that deep retrofit mm. comes in. And that has to be done in conjunction. But that's really to keep the heat in. And the only other way of doing that is to do the um, heat to air pumps or those pumps. And yeah. because otherwise the wood stove is not going to cut it. But the really important thing is because even in California where you see this, where they're selling back to the grid is you need, we're still going to have outages. And this is where it, they really are going to come into their own because as electricity gets more expensive, as gas gets more expensive, and it is, and that we are going to find that those of us who are doing this are going to be the lucky ones. But remember, put your battery in your garage because when the grid goes down, if yeah. we have outages and you have solar panels, yeah. you still need to have a backup battery to to kind of it's like the spark that ignites a your generator car. that kicks yeah. in but it okay. is in terms of all what's going on with bills with outages it's the only way forward if you want to get if you want a reliable one well do you know what when you get it in we'll um, um. You come back and you'll tell us how how it is beneficial and I, I I think that you're absolutely right this is this is the future we're not going to no there's no escape. and the other no thing escape. is guys it and doesn't have to be. go on the roof it can also go on the ground which is another unfortunately that's the other area the okay. pe- but you have to build a structure for it but it can be more for people who have the wrong aspect house may have the right aspect garden ground panels Excellent. happen Excellent. as well alright okay now um, it is that time in the show of course where you bring me in an object of design and we have a little chat about it what have you brought oh a little box here now yeah I do like wrapping paper so let's see what this is. Oh, look at this now. Um, 
This is a glass, uh, yes. obviously, <laughs> my untutored expertise. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. So this is uh, this is glass that has been um, etched in this case. Yeah. It's a rose pink diamond shape and it's been etched through in a, a crosshatch pattern. Yeah. More checkerboard, more crosshatch okay. on the show. And then a beautiful, beautiful okay. blue piece. Who these are, these from? are from the Glass Society of Ireland and they made, um, a, it's called a breath of fresh air and that is one of 50 pieces, if not more, that were done for a quilt that was presented uh, to the President Higgins and, and it's called in Ars Neutron and it was a hist- like all around the COVID, each glass artist came and made one of these oh, pieces. Oh, how brilliant. And it also was exhibited in um, where it was in the Biennale. Okay, so there's that's one of um, Roisin de Butler's pieces, the red piece. Gorgeous. Um, but they're, they're absolutely beautiful. They made them in these um, diamond shapes and then they were threaded together and woven together by a copper artist and it was held as I a piece. I can see the little holes right. in it so where you, obviously the wire went through Yeah, there. so what it is is they, each artist contributed a piece so it's it's remote yet together. Again, mm, I know we've had mm, another mm, quilt mm. that was done in family but this is the second one and, the, and the, th- the thing about this is is what I love about it is the delicacy of this and it's Delicate. a huge, you'll see it online if you go to Glass Society of Ireland you'll see it and you'll see it um, Roisin de Butler herself who is an absolute legend in the craft world making yeah. that with um, all of the members of the Irish Well uh, I have Glass to say Society. that is an absolutely gorgeous it's very uplifting actually and very restful yeah. and I can imagine when that's hanging oh, it's just beautiful. the light just coming through it there. Oh look at yeah. that Roisin's brought me in a picture on her phone yeah. That is just yeah, it's gorgeous. gorgeous It's the delicacy of, of something be, you know and also the idea of these just very you know all these people making Wonderful yeah. Wonderful That's the Glass Society of Ireland and uh, some beautiful pieces yeah. Roisin you'll pop that up on I'll pop that up on Instagram and we will tag the Glass Society and, and also it's lovely to see the president kind of looking and, and there's been a lot of and artists collaborating to keep the spirits up in this Exactly. these tough times exactly. but you know what 22 right. is going to be good well you will find that on Roisin Murphy Instagram Roisin Murphy Roisin Architect. Architect on Architect. Instagram uh, and <laughs> listen thanks a million Roisin and uh, lovely uh, pieces there and a lovely way to uh, start off this cold and chilly week it has to be said by thinking of, of that and that is all we have time for on the show today and if you'd like to get involved or you have a question for me or Roisin or a topic you'd like to hear us cover please please get in touch this year we go through every single email we go through every single text and we will read them all. So 53106 for 30 cent. Email us at thehomeshowednewstalk.com. You'll find Roisin on Roisin Murphy Architect and you'll find me at Sinead underscore Ryan over on Twitter. And don't forget to check out the Home Show podcast, all of our greatest hits, uh, on the News Talk website. Thanks to the production team today, Gareth Mulhall, Simon Keane and Stephen McLoon on sound. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you all next week. The Home Show on News Talk with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint.